Well, we are going to go back to the Heidelberg Catechism today. And uh, Aaron Angel, welcome, brother. Come on in the house. You to feel at home. We love you. And by the way, there's a second pot of coffee that has been brewed. So uh, y'all feel free uh, to get up uh, and grab a little bit of that there. It's hard to, with different generations and such, the number of folks that uh, not only you know have mothers out there, but you know grandmothers and great grandmothers and great you know it sort of reminds me. My great grandfather was born in 1862, and to just think that there are people existent with me that know their great grandfathers and mothers when obviously I didn't. He would have had quite a long life if, but um, that puts things in perspective there. So, uh, all right, let me find our seventh Lord's Day here. All right, and we shall go through these questions, and you better get your Bibles out because we'll be a flipping as we talk about these today. So, let me get my notes here. Lord Day 7, question uh, 20 is what we're starting with. So here we go. Question 20. Are all men then saved by Christ as they have perished by Adam? Answer, no. Only such as by true faith are engrafted into him and receive all his benefits. Question 11. What then is true faith? Answer, it is not only a certain knowledge whereby I hold for truth that all God has revealed to us in his word, but also a hearty trust which the Holy Ghost works in me by the gospel, that not only to others, but also to me, forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness and salvation are freely given by God, merely of grace, only for the sake of Christ. Merits. Question 22. What is necessary for a Christian to believe? Answer, all that is promised to us in the gospel, which the articles of our Catholic undoubted Christian faith teach us in some. And what are these articles? And the answer to that is essentially the Apostles' Creed, which is re-given here, in which we have recited this morning already, uh, or you will if you go to worship uh, for the second um, service. So guys, let's start this out. You know, it's a pretty basic question here, and I would ask uh, someone who will pull up Matthew uh, 121? Any volunteers? All right, Hope. Laboring on Mother's Day, hope never stops. And then someone, John 336, any volunteers? Angel, Aaron Angel. Uh, and then John, uh, so Aaron's doing John 336. And then how about someone, John 3, verses 5 through 7? I see Chuck back there, and we'll 
over there. So uh, let's see what does the scriptures tell us about this. Are all men saved? Matthew one twenty one. Interesting and important language there. He will call his son Jesus and he will save his people from his sins, a specified people. Aaron? Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So those are his people who believe in the son and turn to him as we put those two verses together. And a very familiar uh, Chuck. Amen. So here again, we have this God has a people. We must, uh, if we're part of that people, we are to believe. And how is that accomplished? Through this new birth, uh, as Jesus explained that to Nicodemus. And he was a bit flummoxed uh, about it at first. What? How do I go back in my mother's womb? What are you talking about here? And then he explained that it's a spiritual new birth there. Now, one might could argue here if we see, well, I guess all the answer is clearly no, all men aren't saved. Um, we could argue then, well, is Adam more powerful than Christ? Insofar as in Adam, everyone uh, bears the curse, original sin, and therefore is his work greater uh, than that of the Lord. Uh, and of course, the answer to that would be, that's nonsense. Uh, as Paul might say, by no means, uh, in one of his letters. The work of Adam was easy, right? It's pretty, pretty easy to break the law, to break God's commandments. Uh, you know, we fool ourselves if we would argue that Man, you, if it's Hope and Daniel instead of Adam and Eve, they're going to get it right. And it, we would have, wouldn't have been in this mess. No, uh, we can replace uh, whoever. Uh, of course, Evelyn would say she wouldn't, but Bill would have messed up and ruined it anyway. Uh, so, yes, we would all uh, have been uh, sinners in that situation. We can't say that we are... Um, that man has somehow changed and we're better. Yes, we have a new birth, we have the Holy Spirit, uh, but nonetheless, Adam's work was very easy. Christ's work, however, was hard because he kept the whole law being fully man and fully God. I think sometimes we sort of give short shrift to his humanity. You think, well, man, he's, he's holy God. Of course he kept the law. It was, you know, it's... Day in the life of Jesus must have been easy. No, that's not what the Bible tells us. It tells us that he was like us in everything except he was without sin. Uh, why did he go into the wilderness for 40 days? Why did the devil, was the devil able to uh, attempt to tempt him? Yes, because he was in a weakened condition much like uh, we would find ourselves even more so. So the idea that it... Uh, his job was easy uh, and to, to submit to the law and then to offer up his life uh, and then have an excruciating death 
that is hard work. So there's no way we could argue that Adam and his uh, disobedience is somehow stronger or greater than Christ because not all men uh, are saved there. Uh, you know, it's certainly a greater work to deliver even one from eternal death um, than that all should be made subject to it through sin. Uh, that is a great work that even one should be delivered. So we should never give Christ short shrift uh, for what he has uh, done for us. Uh, the natural inclination, I think, of many is this idea of universalism, uh, that uh, you know, love triumphs in the uh, end, uh, which, of course, the Bible uh, tells us clearly that is not the case, as there's many teachings of hell that we could go through. But that's sort of the first tenet of humanism, that rather than a God-centered uh, theology, what is theology? The study of God. Uh, we want, in our natural state, our inclinations is humanism, to make man the center and to study man and have this idea of equality that, well, everybody's about the same, we should all be saved. Clearly uh, not taught by the scripture there. Another objection uh, that Arsenus, uh deals with uh, in his study here is uh, this idea of you know magnitude. Well, in Adam, look at how many were uh, affected by original sin, while with Christ's saving work, it's uh, a lesser number than the whole. Well, we can't simply look at numbers when we talk about the quality of a work. Like, for example, I look at my job, uh, I deal with different types of cases. Uh, it's one thing if you handle, say, one death penalty case in a year versus a uh, hundred simple possession of marijuana cases. Uh, the former, though it is one case, and the latter, though it's a hundred, is weightier uh, than all these. More work involved there. Again, the same idea we would apply to these objections that one might raise about the power of Adam and Christ. This saving just one person is a weightier and more powerful thing uh, than Adam's sin uh, affecting the entire race there. Now, if we look at this, so we see uh, that no, not all men are saved, that Christ came for a definite people um, and what must be done, this new birth. Then also in question 21, we deal with this idea, well, what is this true faith that we must be born again? We must have this true faith. And there's a lot of uh, um, ways we could describe it. Yeah, I think J.I. Packer probably produces some of the best uh, in his works uh, on what true faith is. I mean, essentially, I'll use three words, uh, accepting, receiving, and resting, right? That, as the question indicates, we have to accept the truths of the Scripture, uh, mainly, number one, that we are sinners and that we need a Savior and that we justly deserve God's wrath. And there's only one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. It is only 
through the instrument of faith that we avail ourselves of his saving work, what he has done and completed. So we have that aspect. We must accept it. We must have that head knowledge of that, of course. Uh, But we have to receive it, that it was done for us, that it's not just uh, a theory like, yeah, theory of relativity. That's all great and good. What's that? I believe it, but what's that got to do with me? No, we receive this good news as applying to us, that this idea of sin. Yep, we are condemned by it. We sin. Uh, we have a judgment to face, an ugly judgment without an atonement being made for us, which Christ made. And then, of course, this idea of resting in it, uh, that we have to rest in it. It's not, we all know, as James points out, you know, demons know a good bit of theology, right? Uh, they knew who Christ was, um, despite um, their continuing to be set in their ways. Uh, they knew uh, how things were playing out, which is why we see so many uh, forces of darkness there around Jerusalem there as Christ was ministering as uh, they sought to make it more difficult to upset the apple cart. Satan himself offered, hey, you don't have to go through all this. You know, if you'll just bow down to me, this can all be yours. Sort of, um, you use a football term, you know, a Hail Mary to they knew this was not going to go well for them in the end, uh, but they know. But did they rest in this? Did they accept uh, that their transgressions needed uh, a remedy, a cure? Absolutely not. They knew, just like uh, in some seminaries, I'm sure, uh, hopefully none which Brendan has attended, uh, but from what I've heard from others, yeah, they're good professors that, Uh, They know their Bible. They can quote scripture. They know the history of the historical books and such. Um, But do they rest in what is in those books? No, they do not. Uh, It's a matter of academic discourse um, and discovery that your critical scholars and others view that. They do not, though they have all this knowledge, they understand it, they get the theory, they do not rest in that. Uh, So we must assent uh, to what is revealed based on the divine testimony. Accept, receive, and rest there. Again, as children of God, we could ask ourselves, you know, why uh, do we trust in this? And it's very much, you know, like a mother and child situation. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that Solomon, for example, trusts Rose, loves Rose, knows that Rose has got his best interests at heart. Again, I'm sure... There's some headbutting occasionally, if I know Solomon. Uh, but Solomon trusts her, right? Whereas a stranger on the street that maybe comes in the house that he doesn't know, I would imagine he goes into shy, boy, like, who's this? Don't know this person. Uh, you know, shy kid mode. 
But Rose has shown him over time that she's got his best interests at heart, uh, that she shows him what is good, that she protects him. For example, tries to make sure he doesn't burn his hand on the oven, is always looking out for him. Uh, over time, he sees this. This trust uh, comes from the outside, his experience there. And much is that with us and God. As children of God, we should rest in this. And over time, we should see that God does have our best interests at heart. That as we prayed this morning, God gave the greatest gift he could have summoned for our salvation so we would have reconciliation, that we could have a relationship with him. He is perfect in all his attributes. Um, In the fellowship of the Trinity, completely happy. He doesn't need a relationship with me or you to somehow uh, fill that void in his life, right? He condescends to do that because he is good, because he is loving there. Um, Would someone turn to Mark uh, chapter 10, verses uh, 13 through 16? Who can get me Mark 10, 13? Mr. Schwanbelt. Yes, sir. And they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them, but the disciples refused them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. Amen. Look at how we see a picture of children wanting to come to Jesus here. Uh, Just like the mother situation. There was something about him. He's God. And man, he's the mediator. You don't see this shy. They wanted to come to him. They wanted to be with him. And as Mr. Schwabel just said, we must accept this kingdom of God much like these little children. Now, what does that not mean? I think we hear that verse like, hey, you've got to accept Christ and kingdom of God like a little child. It doesn't mean to be stupid. Uh, like we say, well, children, you know, you can, they believe in the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, so we have to be like that, right? No. What it means, I think, is that what do they bring in their hands to Christ? I mean, what work do they have? What skill do they have? Are they are little children solid carpenters? Are they physicians that can uh, help with healing the sick? Uh, what do they have that they can bring? Nothing. That's what this verse is getting at, um, is we bring nothing. We don't, though, yes, we're commanded to do good works. We're saved unto good works. We've got to get this foolishness that somehow we've got to bring these to Christ or he won't accept us. He's like like the little child. He wants us to come open-handed. I think with children it's also very, very simple, right? 
Yeah, it's like you know the Philippian jailer. You know, ever the doors are open, he's drawing his sword, he's getting ready. He's like, man, I'm all, <laughs> I'm in trouble. And you hear Paul, no, we're all here. It's okay. Then what must I do to be saved? Right. Also impressionable in the sense of little children, and also they do not fight maybe against. The truth, in other words, it's accepted. There's an impressionable about you know it's not immaturity, mm-hmm. but they you know, coaching you know, kids that are easily led and they're they're ready to They'll listen. Yeah, good point, Brendan. Uh, it, it seems to me that the primary thing highlighted by a childlike faith is the humility, as you've emphasized. Of, of going to Jesus with nothing to offer, which is what the Catechism goes on to talk about. Uh, faith and uh, trust and uh, ascent, all these things are, are free gifts of God, so we don't, we don't earn faith by being smarter or more diligent uh, in studying Scripture, these sorts of things. It's ultimately a gift. Uh, that goes into the next question as well, though. What really is necessary for us to believe? It is a simple faith, as, as Mike has said. Um, but there, there, are, there are clearly defined things that are necessary, uh, real knowledge. You're not saved by less than knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you need to have knowledge to have true faith. And what the knowledge of that is is going to be defined in the next question. So that's that's what Jesus is talking about. And that is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a simple, humble faith. And on the other hand, though, it doesn't stay completely uneducated. Uh, children still need to grow in their understanding of these things. The, 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 what's necessary to a saving faith is different than what's necessary for a robust and mature and a strong faith. Man, I mean, good point, Reverend. Absolutely a good point there. Um, so, you know, we see here that this idea, this, you know, lesson from these first few questions is that, you know, this faith uh, comes from outside us. It's not something um, that we gin up, uh, as we might say, try to just get our courage up to uh, do something. And uh, But so to whom is this faith given? Uh, if someone, again, some, you could probably recite some of these, but just a couple of verses. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Who wants to either recite or read that for me? I see Olivia turning, so I'll call on her. Good, thank you, Olivia. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Then John 6, verses 43 through 44. Any volunteers? Any voluntolds? All right. Hope, I saw a hand go up, so I won't deprive you of participation. Um, How about John 10, verses 25 through 28? Oh, uh, anybody want to do Matthew thirteen eleven? The Swanbelt says, "All right, well, just when, well, Olivia, what you got?" Yes. Amen. This, you know, just what we were talking about as the scriptures confirm it. This is something that, again, we're not ginning this up, right? 
that come on, this is a gift from without, a gift from God, a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, John uh, 6, verses 43 through 44. Amen. This idea that again, uh, Christ died for His people, and as His people, we hear His voice. We know that He is the Good Shepherd. That inward witness of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Matthew uh, thirteen eleven. Jesus answered them, "To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. To them it has not been granted." Amen. What a blessing. I mean, what a blessing of the Lord there that uh, we are granted as his children, as his people, uh, to know this mystery uh, of salvation there. Uh, that we are to have this given to us. Again, we have these articles, as Ursinus calls them, uh, and again, he just... The answer to question 23 is the Apostles' Creed. That, you know, I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of heaven and earth. Uh, and through this, of uh, what Christ did, who He is, uh, how He was conceived, His death, burial, resurrection, uh, and the work of the Holy Ghost, uh, etc., that you know, we often uh, recite or declare, better term, uh, in our worship service. And again, this is while what you must do to be saved, again, is a is very simple. You do not have to be uh, a 150 IQ to understand that. Uh, we should not also equate that with some sort of anti-intellectualism uh, that many in the evangelical church uh, would, that Paul's words to the Philippian jailer, we stop there. Uh, Oh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household, and that we stop there. No, we want more knowledge of God, uh, more good theology, and it's not anti-intellectual. As Brendan so nicely pointed out, uh, we have to grow from milk Uh, to solid food, as the scriptures teach us. Uh, And we have a helper in that with the Holy Ghost. So uh, we should never be anti-intellectual when we look at these matters. So, ladies and gentlemen, that, in essence, is Lord's Day 7. Uh, Idea, who can be saved? Is it all men or not? 
um, you know, what is required for true faith to be saved, and what are these articles, the, these basic articles of the faith um, that we as- must assent to and believe and hold. Um, so Kirby will be back next week, I believe, um, to finish out, I think, the our study here. Uh, I will be not here. Evelyn and I are going to have a conference out in California. I'm going to Monterey, so uh, flying out next Wednesday, and I don't get back till Sunday. So, uh, anyway, yes. Uh, so we will be on the beach with that cool air coming in. Uh, it's uh, so anyway. So we heading to Monterey, uh, but that is our lesson for today. Thank y'all for your participation and your diligence. As always, we've got a good class. Um, here and brother Brendan would you close us out in prayer before we leave Heavenly Father we do thank you for the gift of faith uh, a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ but more than this uh, the ability to trust in him with our whole hearts and Lord we pray that you increase in us our knowledge and our willingness to trust as we grow to know and to experience the faithfulness of you and of your Son and of your Holy Spirit, uh, would you encourage us by that knowledge and experience to lean more heavily uh, upon you and your work. Lord, I do pray that you would put in our minds uh, the doctrines and the, the articles of faith that we confess each Lord's Day, which we hear preached from the pulpit, everything from Christ as Creator to the coming of the end of the age and of eternal life, uh, everything in between, Lord. Would you put these truths in our hearts and in our minds, help us to study them diligently, and uh, Lord, would that make a difference in the lives of your people as we live in a world of sin and darkness, and would we find strength in the truths which you revealed uh, for us in your scripture. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all have a good rest of your day.